Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell. We're here to go through the Tuesday, December 12th, NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. Uh, DJ, how was your weekend and uh, how are your best ball bags looking as we head into the best ball playoffs? DJ, yes, I am giving you one chance to talk about your best ball teams uh, for NFL. I'll be incredibly brief on it. My weekend was, I mean, I had a good fun weekend where I didn't end up betting a lot, but man, did I get my ass handed to me. Um I did like, I woke up early to do betting shit before I left for um, my brother-in-law's birthday, which is weird to say now because it's very recent that that wedding was. Um, and and so I didn't put a lot of money down, but I really like jammed all the research, was retweeting things in the car, wasn't driving, getting ready. And then just to get slaughtered on Saturday was frustrating, but the best ball bags are fantastic. And I was telling you before about it and you were like, we, we got to get to the podcast. Uh, things are good. Hockey. I'm like, what? I think I have like 43 of 150 advancing or 44. I think it is one of those two. And then NFL, it's like, I have seven of the top 10 K teams on in BPM four. So I'm optimistic that I could hopefully get one of them to the finals. You know, one of these teams that is continuing the claw uh how was your weekend i know you were um, also having a very good time yeah no i was uh in nashville with the fam so uh that was fun both my sisters live in nashville now so um just got back on monday and i've been relatively unplugged from hockey like i played each of the the bfs slates um but uh haven't really been following a ton of what's going on so i'm kind of interested to dig into things here and we get a nice slate to dig into uh 10 games but also uh, up top there's the normal tuesday 20 which is you know one of the better contests of the week 20 dollars uh, 20k to first 100k prize pool so like you know uh second place gets 7500 not too bad either uh, and then there's the premier contest of honestly, maybe the first half of the season to this point. The 888 is the 500k abominable snowman, 100k to first, uh, 50k to second, like the exact sort of prize pool that like uh, people dream of. So if you have a ticket to it, make sure you're entering. Um, but yeah, I have four to them uh, by by the grace of God, somehow. I don't know how uh, I managed to run hot enough to pick up four tickets, but I, I did. So uh, I'll be in it, and hopefully I can, uh, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a very quick way to turn the season around, I'll tell you, uh, if you can hit first or even second in, in one of these types of contests. So looking forward to this Tuesday slate. Yep. I mean, there was actually, it was funny, like last week, it felt like there was a lot of anger in the NHL DFS community, which I know is very niche. So it's not like it's a lot of noise. 
but people mad about how many players were in the player pool, how the contests were just, I mean, there was one day, I think it was Thursday that I reserved at like one thirty because it was like 70% full at oh, one yeah. Eastern. Yep. I mean, I, hopefully this stuff is, you know, getting looked into. I saw tweets from people saying they're from DraftKings and they cared. And obviously they sponsored the show. So you know, we're going to get to that in a minute. Um, it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if they fix these things, um, they, like, I'm happy, but they also, they don't, how much pressure is it really to fix them? If like, it's really one of the few games in town, especially these kind of contests. Like, I just don't think they exist on FanDuel, but let's just get into the slate and hope that that stuff gets fixed. But if you see anything, you can always tag me. Um, I'm always down to retweet and look into it myself a little bit. Um, let's get to tomorrow's slate. Unless if there's anything else you want to add on that. No, let's do it. Okay, so Toronto on a back-to-back at the Rangers. Um, nothing. I, I, I know the, the one, one like kind of interesting thing about this game, but maybe it's a couple of you know, things that have already persisted as far as like Toronto's defense. And I know Wool is, is going to be out as well. So Toronto's goaltending and defense being a thing. But the Rangers hadn't like had been on a pretty big like scoreless streak until they scored um, on the power play against LA. Like they, they, I think they went like six periods, maybe it was. So kind of a, an interesting one um, on paper. It's a six and a half, but it's plus money on the over, which I feel like is a bit of an overcorrection. Like this game could be fun, but then again, the Rangers are boring. Um, I'm going to go faster to the rest of these games now because I spent way too much on the first. Carolina at Ottawa, no Sveshnikov. Um, We haven't heard anything on Matthew Joseph to this point. Um People kind of were clamoring for a suspension. Um, but yeah, keep an eye on that. And then Pesci also missed practice. I guess actually, I don't know if we're 100% on Sveshnikov yet, but he had an MRI and and they said there's no update yet. So I'm not very optimistic he's going to play. So yeah, definitely some, some stuff to keep an eye on there. Next, we have uh, what is it? Arizona on a back-to-back at Pittsburgh. I don't even, I mean, Pittsburgh, I mean, Rust is out. The power play is completely different again. Um, I, I think we just covered that when we get to the game. But yeah, a lot of news and notes in Pittsburgh. Lars Eller also out. Um, th- there's just a lot going on there. So we'll get to it. Arizona on a back-to-back. So keep an eye if they change anything. But Zucker was up on the top line with Keller and Schmoltz. And everything else was kind of a mess. Uh, Boyd is, is on the IR now. I think that's different since the last time we talked. Just, there's a ton of injuries in this game. So I feel like we just got to break that one down. Um, the next biggest thing, uh, probably, I mean, one of the biggest news is news updates of the slate is that, you know, Detroit's going to St. Louis and Dylan Larkin is going to the IR. That is incredibly vague at this point. They, it's an upper body injury. It definitely seemed like a head injury. I just mentioned Matthew, jo- Matthew Joseph, who delivered the hit on Larkin that, I mean, if if you're yeah, I wouldn't look it up if you're someone that doesn't like to see players that look like they are in incredible amounts of uh distress. I, I don't even know what the right word is. Distress. There, there's a good word for it. Um, but yeah, to lark into the IR, we really don't know how long. I think it's probably safe to say week to week, and, and we'll just go from there. But he's on the IR for, and they said it would so at least one full week. Um, a lot lot to cover in this game though, because what's that going to be? And Detroit's on a back to back, so we should see a lot of it unfold on monday nothing major on st louis there was the verona thing but i guess he's not being waived so i, I don't know if that really matters at all because whatever he's 3k and he's barely playing but alas uh philadelphia continues to ride their hot streak going into nashville uh they're actually underdogs on the road i guess that's not that crazy um but they've been just one of the best 
stories, I guess, on the season. But whether you believe in this team or not, well, that's up to you. And we can discuss our thoughts on that when we get to the game. But um, they just continue to win games. Uh, Novak is back for Nashville since the last time we talked. He's played uh, last game against Montreal. He played, what, nine minutes, though? So not a ton. He has three games back. He just hasn't seen a ton of run yet, but keep an eye on it. Colton Sissons finally got there for Matt. Um, been waiting for that 21-point <laughs> Colton Sissons game. So, you know, keep, keep an eye on some me. of these guys if anyone thinks why because you didn't play him finally i i yeah on sunday night i scored uh let's see i scored 39 points sunday night total my entire team 39 points not did not have colton Sissons. can confirm yeah of course um next game i believe is if it's not the highest total it's very yeah it is the highest total on the slate it is the connor bowl the bedard and mcdavid bowl in edmonton first time these two are going to face off should be a lot of excitement i definitely look forward to watching this game myself at 10 p.m but as you may have already noticed as well this is already the first 10 p.m game there is five of them tomorrow so Correct. definitely a true split slate. So if you like smaller slates, there should be a couple different offerings for you. But I did want to push point that out as we're going through that there's a lot of late games. So be ready to swap and you'll have opportunity if that's something you're into. Um, obviously, the Oilers are massive favorites. They've been pretty good. And the Blackhawks are uh, stinky doo-doo and they love to lose hockey games. Um, yeah, uh, but Bedard's good. And we'll we'll cover that game, obviously, in more detail. I'm, I'm guessing Edmonton will be pretty popular. Next, Florida and Seattle. Um, I mean, it's been kind of a, it's been tough knowing exactly what's going on in Seattle, like just kind of back and forth with different players going to the IR. But once again, Andre Burakovsky, it was you know, good to see him back, but placed on IR again. Um, so not going to be having him. There's no Schwartz. So uh, Schultz Smith last came as well. So just kind of keep an eye on that team and what they roll out because there's been just a lot of adjustments and shifts. Not that this is the most exciting game in the world, but 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 alas, um, uh, nothing major on Florida. Let's keep moving. Tampa at Vancouver. Hedman is day to day, and we don't know. Stamkos is also day to day and didn't play on Saturday. No update there, uh, to my knowledge. So those are two massive names on this slate to keep an eye out for. Um, nothing major on Vancouver as far as like player injuries. Um, but yeah, just you know that game is uh, definitely. A nice total, and I'm sure, depending on those injuries, could move different players up the lineup. Calgary at the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I don't recall anything major here. Uh, no big updates. Just no Coronado no Martinez back. still for Vegas. Coronado was back. That that is there's a good shout out. Um, they and you know I did retweet the lines. Zari was. You know, we'll just we'll go line by line. When we get to the game, but there, there's again, it feels like every slate they've done some big shift that maybe you think is going to be the one that finally gets gets things going where you finally get that player. I mean, the Flames are incredibly cheap. Currently, their highest priced winger is Sharon Govich. <laughs> the guy that we've been talking about for a little while here. He hasn't like smacked. I mean, he, the last two slates, he's done good. But man, like he is now 4,500. Like they're just a bit of a mess. Um, That game is probably going to be not very high owned and it's uh, you know not the highest total on the slate by any stretch of the imagination. I think, I think it's the lowest. It's gotta be right. Yeah. It's a six pick them. So that's tied with the flyers game. Anyways, final game, Winnipeg at the San Jose sharks. I mean, I'm not expecting Kyle Connor to play. We did not get a full update yet. He did get an MRI and we were told that 
we just don't know. And that the coach basically called for the player that hit him to be suspended because it was a cheap shot and a knee on knee. So that could truly be anything at this point. Uh, Duclair also is day-to-day for the Sharks. Oakland missed last game, I believe, for an illness, but nothing's loading right now. All of this to say that neither team practiced on Monday, and there's a lot to worry, not worry, I guess, well, worry about, I guess, if you're a fan of the team, but also just like if you're trying to get into this, uh, you know, Winnipeg action, there could be a new guy in the first power play like Ehlers who ends up not playing on the first power play and crushing your entire soul. Um, but yeah, that that's going to be an interesting spot for sure, especially with, if Connor is out. Anything I missed? Mm, my God, I hope not. Um, yeah, no, the, the San Jose stuff with Eklund and Duclair both were confirmed to be injuries, but no timetable given so they could be back they could not be we just gotta we, we don't know for sure uh anyway uh with all those uh games out of the way if uh if you go one if you want to you know bet on uh the, like the drafting sportsbook for instance or you know some other places uh we do have a betting channel in the morning skate pod discord so be sure to check that out if you haven't you know if you only pop in around block time for dfs just just a reminder that there are people in there uh one there are people far smarter than me about betting in there, like who actually do stuff and like, uh, you know, projections and whatnot. And then there's DJ who's uh, building slips and whatnot and tweeting them largely based off of puck luck, but also off of, you know, his uh, insane effort put into dissecting the lines and figuring out what, what's better to bet where, et cetera, et cetera. That's all in the betting channel. So make sure you pop in the discord and check that out. Um, but it would be impossible to continue in this podcast without telling you that we are officially sponsored by DraftKings. So not only should you be joining, you know, if you have the means to do so, the 888 Abominable Snowman on Tuesday night to uh, show DraftKings, hey, uh, the NHL can sustain a high stakes DFS community, but you should also be checking out the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, download the app now and use code THPN if you need to make an account. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Remember, the crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www. 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in your call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-879-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. There we go. Um, huge thank you to... Breaking the, oh, oh, wow. Hit me. Hit me with it. David Perron has been officially suspended for six games. So Holy shit. That is, yeah, about about the maximum I would have expected, although I know there was like a precedent for this being longer. In, you know, they were, I was listening to uh, 32 Thoughts and they talked about that, but six did seem like that was like the highest number could be, and it is. So we knew he would, I mean, I guess we didn't know for 100%, but we were pretty certain he wasn't playing tonight. Um I literally, like, as we finished up, I went back. I'm like, oh, I forgot to mention Perron. And then that, it drops right once we got started. So, yeah, six games. Yeah, I honestly can't believe that. That is crazy. Uh, anyway, 
Um, yeah, uh, to to finish. Sorry, DJ. Not not to throw you on the spot. To finish what I was saying. Thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network for uh, helping us and DraftKings for sponsoring the show. Uh, let's get into things though. Carolina yeah. and Ottawa. Um, to lead things off here. Uh, you mentioned Svechnikov. My guess is he doesn't play. Uh, not that it really has mattered. You know, Svechnikov, you could tell me he has been playing. You could tell me he hasn't been playing. I can tell you he's not been a fantasy darling uh, the way he was really supposed to be. Um, and, you know, part of that is the environment that he's playing in. And part of it is the fact that not just him, but the major contributors on this team have just simply not been that great. Um you know, even Sebastian Ajo is below a point a game player, uh, only seven points in his last 10 games. And things are just kind of dire out there for Carolina. They are on a four game losing streak. They went out west and just got killed every time out. Yep. Um, and even before that, their play had been far from inspiring. So uh, Carolina here taking on the uh, Senators on the road. Any interest in this Carolina team that is still posting, you know, they're standard positive expected goal for numbers uh you know any interest here i feel like there is some interest i mean there's always a good opportunity to buy at the low and there's certainly guys on this team that it feels like you're buying on the absolute low um pricing wise and i guess the problem is is players like martin marty natros that it feels like man 4300 for freaking natros like that's getting out of control are just not being put into probably the best opportunities to succeed. I mean, I find it hard to find a player that I think is actually being put in that best opportunity. I understand that changes had to be made and I don't, I'm not trying to say like, I, I don't think Rob Brindamore is a bad coach and it's been, you know, as you're saying, I mean, they've just been getting absolutely pumped, but if Najos is really going to play on like a nominal third, fourth line, it's going to be hard for me to find it. They did run a power play unit last game, though, that included a guy by the name of Jack Drury, who I know we talked about had been very good, honestly. Um, does a player like that interest you maybe as like a one-off or are you, yeah, you know, rates aren't really there, but this is a guy that, yeah. It's especially hard to see, um, you know, I guess, centers like uh, there's really not a ton of value, like a cheap center that is reliable. Um, you know, not to say that there aren't centers cheap who are just straight up better plays than Jack Jury, but really you're not getting a like, oh yeah, this guy's going to get me seven, eight points regardless of what happens at the center position, unless you're spending, you know, six K or more. Like that's really the only time you can feel confident in these guys. So spending twenty six hundred on a guy like this who, you know, based on the fancy stats is a pretty good player. Um, it's at least interesting. Um, I will want to see more about Cody Glass. He was a scratch, I think, in their most recent game, um, but he's back. He Well, he's back from injury and he's 2,600. I'm not sure whether the scratch was performance related or whether it was just like, you know, hey, we're not going to play him in a back to back on his return. Um, but it does feel like Colton Sissons probably keeps that power play one job. Reminder, that was Cody Glass's job, though, before uh, he got hurt. So all that to say, like, you know, Jack Drury is interesting, but there's also other options here that I think are similarly interesting. And maybe you don't need to invest in this Carolina team that, you know, even if you play Jack Drury, there are literally three other lines that could do the damage offensively. And there frankly has not been much damage to go around by this team. So I'm not that into it. Ottawa has been fine defensively. 
Um, and I think I'm largely yeah. out on this Carolina team as a whole. Like I, we just haven't seen it. it. There's really not much more that I'm willing to chase after. Like I've not really been chasing it and I haven't seen anything. So, you know, why bother? But yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think it would take, it would, it would take, take something. Uh, I, I don't really know, like if I could pinpoint exactly what it is, but like maybe if you got that Aho Natros Jarvis line together, power play correlated, then I'd, maybe gander back but i actually do respect this Ottawa team defensively like you're saying and i think that probably doesn't get looked at enough and on that side i mean are you at all interested in ottawa i mean i definitely see why you fade it because they're playing carolina and the only reason carolina's really been relevant to play against is because of how bad the goaltending's been um it's not like every game is you know not like their goalies are are, are facing 100 shots i mean the highest game in ronta's recent run has been like what 28 attempts again like i i wonder if there's enough meat on the bone for you to feel really good about playing a team like ottawa in this matchup but any interest here not really and that's largely because like without shabbat i thought like uh the production would really be concentrated on a few defensemen and we just haven't seen that jacob chikrin has yet to crack 20 minutes in the games since shabbat went back on ir um and that's largely because artem zub is back you know hammonick's well actually hammonick's like hammonick's not playing much at all but basically uh you know between jake sanderson and chikrin like earlier on this season they were each playing 27 minutes you know on average when shabbat was out and now it's like 20 21 you know again chikrin's at 19 for each of the last four games so it there's really not like a defenseman i want to pair with these ottawa guys and i don't feel great about spending up for the brady kachucks and tim suits of the world on a 10 game slate with a lot of good matchups um in my opinion so i'm pretty much inclined to fade it move on uh we might get some interesting you know you're saying matthew joseph you know whatever maybe a guy like kubalik slides up into more minutes he's uh he's coming off of a one goal four shot game played 16 minutes against detroit you know he's 2700 he's the exact sort of player that any top six role you should be interested in because he does have the goal scoring upside but it's not anything that i want to play without seeing it uh in practice or without any other news so let's move on unless you have anyone else no no toronto and the rangers all right toronto's playing right now in long island um that is the Tavares game if you will so if anything happens, we don't know it yet, or at least I'm unaware of anything that happened in the first period to change anything. Um, but again, Toronto, always interesting. I don't love the matchup. I don't love the back-to-back. Um, but the, as I kind of started, like when I mentioned this game, like the Rangers have been struggling as of late. So do with that what you will. I'm more interested on this Rangers side of the coin for sure. I don't think they'll be incredibly popular because they have played decently poorly to well i guess they have like one goal in the past two games but whatever right that's pretty small sample size all of this to say toronto on a back-to-back the goaltending being what it is the defense being what it is i, I get this team is still good and they've found ways to get some useful minutes out of some guys that i you know aren't very good defensively but i wonder if that well couldn't snap uh this could be a good spot to jump on the rangers in my opinion so any thoughts on toronto or do you want to get rid right over to yeah no uh, this rags yeah, sure. There's, I mean, this game looks pretty appealing from both perspectives when you when you poke into the yeah. you know the underlying numbers. Like these teams kind of look like mirror images of one another, where like they're pretty good uh, offensively and they're also giving up a lot defensively. So like the the pace you know you would expect to be there. Um, that's backed up in shot attempts as well. Um, not quite so much in goals. Toronto's been getting pretty solid goaltending, but uh, 
Joseph Wall goes on IR. Uh, he was kind of the guy carrying the water for them. 916 on the year. Samsonov is 886, and their backup is John, or Martin Jones now. So uh, you're not necessarily betting on Toronto's goaltending here, which has been the only reason they have decent numbers in their last little stretch of games. So all that to say, there's a lot of interest here. The problem is, is there's not a ton of value here. Uh, even guys like Johnny Brzezinski have been priced up now, um, you know, 3,900 for that. I just don't think that's really necessary given the projected minutes you would expect a guy like him to play, regardless of who his line mates are. Um, and obviously on the Toronto well, side. They, they put know, him down, the, they moved him down to Pagino sure. and cool. Okay. However you say his name, but yeah, yeah, he was, he was, it was back to Blake Wheeler. So you'll never get sure. I didn't score. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it could happen. Basically, the, the problem is, is we just don't know. Uh, there's really no one here that's an obvious value. Um, and so, yeah, you could game stack this. I think, though, my favorite mini stack here is the Tavares-Marner stuff. Now, I know Tavares is playing the you know revenge game right now, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but him, sub-7K, Mitch Marner, sub-7K. If I'm trying to take a bite of this game, it's probably something like those two plus Vinny Trocek, plus Panarin, and just finding values around it. I literally don't think you can build a team with Matthews, Panarin, and Nylander, and I'm really not willing to play the Rangers without Panarin at this point. Like He's basically Kucherov um, for this Rangers squad, and he's been awesome. You know, He carries a floor into every game, and in this home spot against a back-to-back Toronto team, Panarin's going to be a priority for me on Tuesday. So uh, any anyone else you yeah. want to cover here? Um, no, it's actually funny. Cause I'm like, I, I feel like I, I somehow didn't even somehow even see that they played Sunday against LA and one four to one. Cause I was like, they played bad the best two games. They played bad the previous two games before mm-hmm. they beat LA four to one. So sorry about that mistake. And Matt, thanks for not correcting me and making me sound like an idiot on my own show. Um, yeah, but yeah, so they, you know, I, I can't they help have you one there, good but... game in the mix. <laughs> Yeah, that would be the first time I've ever felt stupid ever on this podcast. <laughs> so that would have been really disappointing. What the, the thing I was going to mention before I was like, wait, like my brain broke for a second there. It was like, is there a, a even a remote possibility you take a look at a guy like Adam Fox in this game? I mean, it's been sort of one of those things where, the, I mean, AA has come up in price a little bit from where he was down at a low of 5,200. But this is a guy historically that's been more than 5,700. And we've always kind of been like, well, he shouldn't be more than that. But like, mm-hmm. is there a, a tipping point of like, I'm stacking this game, Yeah, you know, maybe I do include this guy because he, he's been historically an unbelievably impactful power play forward. The minutes are back where they should be, et cetera. I'm going to say no. Um, and it's, it's basically because there are so many scenarios where the Rangers get there without Adam Fox doing anything, because that's the sort of fantasy player that he is. Um, and I think there are, options you know later on there's uh you know there's Evan Bouchard I think Petrangelo is still a guy I'm going to continue to lose money on until he finally gives me a 20 point night that he was doing you know regularly before Shea Theodore got hurt somehow he's so basically there's guys slightly more expensive that like I'm just making a priority and Adam Fox is not fit that mold Uh, Eric Carlson's the exact same price like come on I mean something's got to give and uh Adam Fox is just simply not the player I can rely upon to give me, you know, uh, scenarios outside of ceiling. If you're the sort of player that's only playing in like the $20, you're just chasing ceiling. Sure. Sure. Play Fox with Panera and intro check and just yeah. hope that you get the three power play uh, goals, but it's just not something I'm really that interested in. So um, okay. yeah, no problem. Yeah, I mean, the, the shot no. rate since he's returned has 
and below three attempts per game, which is about, you know, that's not like it's out of, you know, the norm. Shocker. He's never been. Yeah, it's not not shocking. Okay, we can can move on. I think Toronto is, you know, just keep an eye out if anything changes, but it's expensive. I'm more interested on the Rangers side myself. We keep it moving over to Arizona and Pittsburgh if you are ready. Yeah, I am. And uh, we have... Well, we, we know that Sean Dersey's not playing for Arizona on Monday. Um, I'm mm-hmm. guessing we can guess what they're going to do, but you might as well just see what they do on Monday before, rather than us just uh, speculate on things. So there should be some value on the Arizona blue line, assuming Dersey misses again here. Um, in, in addition to that, there's going to be value on this Pittsburgh side too, because Brian Russ is out. You know, I just said Eric Carlson's 5,700. It's just kind of ridiculous. It's gotten, it's the exact opposite of Toronto and the Rangers where it's like, you know, two teams who on paper uh, maybe should be fun, kind of similar to that game. But over the past X number of games, just hasn't really borne that out on paper, but their prices also reflect that. So it's very much like a similar value. Um, and so that interests me because I do not think people will be overly heavy on, especially the Arizona side. Um, but like, I don't know, are people just giving up on Pittsburgh? I, I don't think they've scored a, a power play goal since, since I was born at this point. Like, you know, no. I'm just forgetting everything they've done in the past. Um, so like something's got to give here, right? Like Evgeny Malkin, Eric Carlson, they're going to start doing things. Like, I mean, uh, what do you think? I mean, they did make a change to the first power play. Um, Was it a good change? This is this is the question I raised. So first power play, uh, Crosby, Gensel, Carlson, Malkin, and Pustinen? Pustinen? Pustinen. Pustinen is... is pro- yeah. So... Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, and Pustinen was on the line with, with Malkin and Smith. So Smith goes down to the second unit. Uh, of course, no Brian Rust. He is 2,600. He... Uh, had an assist last game, played 14 minutes. It's not it's not the thickest play in the world, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's even more minutes to go around. As I mentioned, uh, Ehler, or oh, God, Lars Eller, not Ehler, I'm not doing that ever again. That's the one time I make that mistake, is also out, which means that, like, who is playing? You know, I mean, they have some true made-up players. Gruden, Johnstone. I'm giving Zahora a pass on this one. He was yeah. make-believe until recently. I know Hinnestroza from his days in Buffalo, but this is a guy that's been in the minors, waved. Harkins, they waved, has been waved twice now. And that fourth line saw seven minutes of ice time. And now we're yeah. taking a guy out that had 17. Like Again, like there's more minutes to go around for sure here. So I, I do think that there's options here that are incredibly cheap. Um. I, I could be I could be convinced, especially you kind of think of this game for Arizona as a bit of a schedule loss. I know that might mm-hmm. not really be a, a major factor in a lot of people's processes, but a back to back on the road and they played at Boston on the ninth. So the ninth, one day off, two days on, back to over oh, those are normally what we, you know, call a schedule loss. It does kind of feel like this is a spot to jump on Pittsburgh at, at a cheap value. And, and all yeah. of this value though. I really think Crosby and Gensel are underpriced, especially when you include a guy like Carlson. So I find it the whole thing really interesting. Yeah. I'm not saying you need to go five man mega stack here, but you actually can. <laughs> you know, it's it's not yeah, like that's, I think even that's that crazy. That um, is what I honestly that might be what I suggest. That's probably what I'll try and do somewhere. Um but so for clarity, the uh, Ra- uh Raquel is likely to return 
soon, but not Tuesday. He literally cannot play Tuesday. He's maybe returning Wednesday, but probably later this week he'll be back, which actually gives me more confidence in, in a guy like Pustinen. Clearly, he's a guy that they're just calling up to try and, you know, like spark something. But they're playing him on Malkin's line. They're playing him on the power play. He is a prospect in the mold of a power play only type producer. Um, you know, I don't have a scouting report for you, but I can tell you that like stats wise, he profiles as a shooter. He profiles as a power play producer in the AHL and you don't have to do much on this Pittsburgh team to you know, be one of your better power play players, given their power play performance so far this year. Um, but like, you know, he's just one of those guys that I think does actually have a chance to be a producer. Um, and the power play snake bit, we know that Jake Gensel is not going to have like zero power play goals on the season. Like he gets too many dangerous chances. He's too good of a player. He has too good of guys trying to set him up right in up front. Like it will break. Um, and so I think Pustin is a good way to get some value. He's a great way to, you know, add your correlation to build upon the fact that Pittsburgh probably does when they snap this streak, they probably do break out. They probably, you know, keep pushing the pedal to the metal. Like you said, the fourth line will play negative two minutes if possible. So everything's shaping up for this to be a great spot. I think Pittsburgh's in a, in a great position. I'm keeping an eye on Arizona um, with, with uh, Jason Zucker on the, the first line, you know, 3,600 for that. It's a revenge spot. Um, I could actually see that being pretty interesting too, assuming he gets any sort of decent power play run, which, you know, is not a guarantee, but um, I'll be tracking it on Monday to make sure before I lock in anything, but I do think this is a really fun game to game stack, even if it doesn't profile great um, based on the recent underlyings because of one, you know, my, my preconceived notions on this Pittsburgh team being an offensively inclined team and uh, just the prices being so cheap across the board. So any, anyone in particular that I missed or ready to move on. His name is John Gruden. No freaking <laughs> way. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is funny. All right, Detroit, St. Louis, yeah, Arizona. Uh, I wait, wait. Just the Valimaki thing, by the way. I I think he'll be. I think he'll be power play one because Jersey played at Boston power play one. But if he's out, I kind of assume it's Valimaki. So I would keep an eye on that as well at twenty seven hundred. Just last the last note. Double check Ooh, what happened we, in Buffalo. Yeah, we love Valimaki on this show. God, loser. Okay, right, Detroit. Um, uh, we did get lines. Um, so we, we know what they are doing on Monday at the very least, but let's see about Tuesday. So, uh, you want to start with Detroit or you want to start with St. Louis here? Oh uh, yeah. What are Detroit's lines? Cause I haven't seen them with uh, the Perron suspension. So top line, uh, they are keeping the brinket with Kane, which I guess would be expected. They go with cop to center them. I don't think that was oh. what they had last game, but I don't, I think, <laughs> was it Valeno, right? I don't know. Whatever, but Valeno is, I think Raymond it was and Rasmussen, yes. Fabry. Fabry, Fisher, Sprong, and then uh, Bergren to. Oh my God, why can't I think of Sarnik? Why can't I think of say his name? Sarnik. You know what I'm talking about? On Austin yeah. Reese. Sarnik, right? Austin. And Austin Reese. Yeah. And then uh, Austin says, yeah, I, I don't know why his name just wasn't coming to my head. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is, I guess, to be expected. We'll see if there's any shifts and changes. Um, but sure. Uh, Keep an eye on the top power play, but I kind of got to assume it's Kane, Debrinket, Raymond. I don't even know what defenseman, honestly, at this point, and another guy. I I think they could go back to two defensemen, quite honestly. I mean, uh, Comfort's Maybe. hurt, Perron's out, Larkin's out. Like, it, it seems very realistic right. that they want Jake Wallman to be 
you know, like they're just like, hey, we have Jake Wallman. Let's use him on the second power play and just use Scott Despair in the role that he was before. That could be wrong because mm-hmm. Patrick Kane theoretically uh, should have that Goss Despair role directly. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you're looking at options being, uh, well, one, they're not going to play Daniel Sprong because, you know, why would they do that? We, we could continue and continue to try that. Maybe it happens on, on Monday and we just play him because, yeah, you, you should be playing Daniel Sprong, but they haven't. Um, but like Andrew Kopp, I mean, he's probably your number one center here. And that's just, I don't know, far be it for me to say a correlated guy is not a good play, but 3,800 Andrew Kopp is... I don't think a good play, no matter who he's playing with, what role he has. Um, so I'm probably trying to build two to defenseman here. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on Goss but mostly if most siders on the power play one, he's been awesome. Uh, I mean, he's he's literally what we were hoping for preseason and that he's Jacob yeah. Chuba four wise, but he's actually putting up points, 17 points in 26 games. Um, you know, uh, a defenseman who does what he does with a pace for a 60 point season, or maybe that's like 50 points. Anyway, uh, yeah. that pace is remarkable and very valuable. 5,600 against St. Louis. I'm not that worried about him and feel like he has lots of upside and a high floor as well. Um, so that's where I'm starting things. Patrick Kane seems like he's fine. I'll, I'll admit oh, I've yeah. not watched much other than highlights, but 10 shots, two blocks, you know, played 20 minutes last game. Seems pretty good. Um, and then obviously to yep. bring it, you know, his, his price is slowly coming back to earth. So I'm fine jumping on that as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Anyone in particular you're geared up for, because I think my main guy here is Mo Sider. I would be fine playing him one yeah. off, you know, I, I really do think you could throw Kane in there and feel real good. 16 attempts too. It's not like it's been, all, yeah. you know, it's been efficient, but like he is absolutely firing right now um i did watch a bit of the highlights as well like like you were kind of talking about and yeah he just looks good um i i think cider kane is really interesting um definitely a two-man that i like a lot and um i don't think you have to play to bring it here but you probably could as well if you're going all the way i don't really respect the st louis team all that much uh they're fine but on to the st louis side of things um is there anything here that you can that you want to jump on. I mean, I feel like uh, the, the, the 2800 of the past Jacob neighbors is long gone. He is up to 44. Now uh, guy is continuing to be used a ton though. So is, is there anything over here that you've still kind of want to jump on? I mean, we just talked about like, Oh God, there's more minutes to go around in Detroit, but that's because they have a lot of guys out and it's not useless players. I mean, Larkin has been unbelievable. I know we were low on him yeah. to start the year and we were wrong. And if, you know, I, I absolutely the worst way. I, I don't want to get into that, but with those guys out, anything on St. Louis? Um, man, uh, the main reason I'm hesitant is because even though what we've seen last game is the best indicator of you know what to expect going forward, I just don't really think we can trust it at this point. Um, we've seen Krug and Prunovich and Falk get really uh, mangled around on defense. Uh, we've seen Jordan Cairo get, you know, uh, not benched, but basically moved. We've seen him get demoted. Um, you've seen him, you know, play first power play, second power play, so on and so on. There's really not much certainty here. And even though Detroit is shaping up to be in a world of hurt uh, as far as their forward grouping, I do kind of respect them defensively um you know cider wallman uh petrie charat hall mata gossip bear pick six of those guys you know uh theoretically it's probably mata or hall sitting out 
Um, but like, you know, they've been fine. I don't expect that to change without even without Larkin. Um, so like, yeah, maybe you could pick a one-off uh, Kairu or, I mean, you know, it sounds insane, but a one-off Robert Thomas on this slate playing 20-something minutes. Um, I get it. Most of his production will come through points. And therefore, guys like Bushnevich and Neighbors should get there with him. But the wing is much more loaded. There's far more value options. You know, we've talked about a number of them already. Um, I could totally see having a one-off spot and you just need a guy who could get three points. You know, there's a very real chance Robert Thomas scores 28 points and he, you know, outscores his line mates by 10. And that would mean he's a good one-off play. Um, so those are kind of the main guys I'm looking into. Like Tory Crew continues to be productive, but do we need a 4,300 guy who can get you 10 points? I, I'm not convinced that we do. Um, but if the price works, I'm also fine with him. Uh, but yeah, those are the three guys I'm, I'm looking at. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a little interest, but I'm not certain. And you covered it really well. And to keep this moving, I'm ready to go Perfect. over to Philadelphia and Nashville. Um, yeah. Philly, this game, uh, yeah. as I mentioned, was tied as the lowest total. Philly, I don't want to say they're a team that I see now and I'm fearful of playing against because that'd be a bit disingenuous, but it's starting to reach a point where it's like, they're do I really want to watch Philadelphia block 37 shots and just ruin my slate? I don't. Um, <laughs> they're not a team yeah. of destiny. And they and do they play with balls? I have to hand it to them because they block 100 shots. And as someone that still occasionally blocks a shot by accident, it doesn't feel good. And I'm sorry that they have to go through that or they'll be benched by torts. Um, but yeah, no, this is a, a team that I, I feel like would would love to win every game two to one. Um, and I think Nashville would like to push pace a bit more. That's just the way I perceive it. And um, I know early on, it definitely was looking more and more that way. I think I'm going to sit this game out myself. I understand that there's some good options here. I think even on the Philly side, like you could talk me into a couple of things, but those things are, I think, A, priced effectively. If not, I'd almost say overpriced. Like a lot of these guys have come up. Um and I just don't know if I really, if it's necessary on this 10 game slate, but like the, you know, Katerier connecting type stuff, um, you know, Forrester continuing to go a little bit up. So I'll pass it back to you though. I'm largely fading this game, but is there anything you want to shout out or mention? Yeah. Philly's remotely interesting, like offensively. Um, but like, as far as Nashville's yeah. concerned, my, I mean, you know, you're hinting at it, but I'm, like legitimately convinced that Philly's just a legitimately good team. They are, you know, they're almost at a 600 points percentage. Um, and it's, you know, they're a plus 10 goal differential. They're rocking a 990 PDO at five on five. They're not doing this with, you know, some sort of goalie bender or shooting percentage bender. If anything, they're getting unlucky because, you know, their power play is still horrific. Um, so yeah. like, you know, they theoretically could improve that. And yeah, it, it, things are really looking positive for this Philly squad. Um, they're second in their division. Like, I mean, it's really hard to see, oh, this is a fluke, you know, and, and I think right. it's time to give that up. There's nothing on Nashville that really has me like, oh yeah, I, you know, oh, this is undeniably a good, you know, a good play. I just think there's better options, a few, a few hundred more than guys like Philip Forsberg and Roman Yossi, um, or around their neighborhood price-wise that I just rather play. So um, I'm generally out. I'll take a look into Konechny, Couturier, Forster, but yep. um, it's not something that I'm going to prioritize. 
Yep, full power play correlation on that. But as you mentioned, the power play has been bad. And also, it doesn't feel like there's one true first unit. Like, it sounds like that is. And then you remember Tippett and Atkinson are on the other unit. And it's like, mm-hmm. that kind of seems odd. And I don't, I haven't seen like the biggest distinction in the world in minutes. Um, but I think York is a, a better offensive for our defenseman than Ristolainen. So whatever you want to tell yourself. But um, I think yep. this game is going to be a, just a full fade for me. I could also see it being pretty popular for goalies, especially uh, Carter Hart if he's starting um, three in a row and seventy three hundred. I feel like people are going to jump on that, but uh, I probably won't. Anyways, we can move over to the game that, as I mentioned before, we started is one of I think it was tied or just yeah, I think it just nudged over the edge of the highest total on the slate, and it will probably be the highest watched game by those excited to watch the Connor Bowl. So, are you ready to talk Chicago and the Edmonton Oilers? Yes, Connor McDavid has 23 points in his last 10 games. Uh, he had 13 points in his first 13 games. It is uh, funny what a couple weeks can do to the conversation around who you are as a player. And, uh, you know, this is who we know Connor McDavid is. Um, but now he's priced up at 9300 uh, His running mate, Zach Hyman, has arguably been better than McDavid. You know, he's not putting up the gaudy point totals, but he's sort of the guy driving the bus. He's, you know, shooting, scoring. Um, and he's only 7,100. So like there's theoretically going to be some value there, I think in that duo. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty worried about ownership here. I especially am worried about Ryan Nugent Hopkins just stealing my soul. Um, you know, does he, does he have his four assist game for just absolute garbage? Uh, or does he, uh, does he put up, you know, 1.3 as he is, uh, oh, so inclined to do. There's a lot of value here, which I think will drive a lot of ownership, um, and it's warranted. You know, Chicago's not been good. Um, but, yeah, do you see any way to make this a game stack, or is it just an Edmonton sort of uh, stack or onslaught from from you here? I mean, Bedard is it, – it feels too cheap to me. I, I think – it's, you think it, it's, it's it really is kind of hard to say, though, just, just because of how bad the Chicago team is around him. Um I mean, that was a concern, right? Like anyone that would ask me before the season started, like, is this guy going to literally be like an 80 point player or whatever? I know it was, it was like 70 points was his over under. And I'm like, yes, but the team around him is so bad that it's hard to know. And, and like, that is cer- certainly been the problem he's run into. And he's just also very, he's a defensive liability. It's not that crazy to think that this 18 year old's defensive liability. Um, I think the way I'm attacking this game, honestly, at this point, is just running like a dry cycle Kane Bouchard type situation. I know Evander Kane's not in the first power play, but I feel like that's just going to be entirely overlooked on this slate um, with how good McDavid's been. Uh, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm almost convincing myself that just getting different with what sounds, I mean, like 8K Leon Dreisaitl against Chicago sounds like something that would have been absolutely completely hammered anywhere at the beginning of the season. I mean, he was like a 9K player. He's down a 1,000 since the start of the year, playing Chicago at home. Like, And, and I really do think that everyone's going to say the Hyman savings is more than enough to make up for McDavid, so I'm going that route. Mm-hmm. Um, I might just go the other way on it. Yeah. Just to be different, and I know what a I am... can do. 
Yeah, I am somewhat inclined to agree with you there that there will be some sort of protection on dry settle ownership. Like it'll be, you know, it'll be substantial, but I don't think it'll be anywhere close to, again, like if you had just transported the scheme back in time by a month and a half, like, yeah, I think that would be, uh, you know, pretty heavily owned. So um, I, I'm a little like, so the reason, so I asked you the question of, can you make it a game stack? And the reason that I'm really concerned about making it a game stack is one, the difference between Bedard and Dreisaitl is, is just not that extreme. I'd probably rather just overstack the, uh, you know, the, the dry, add Dreisaitl yeah. to a McDavid Hyman than to add Bedard basically. And it's because you really can't get much value that you feel good about. I mean, we're still waiting for Bavillier to be on the top power play. Um, He's had games of eight, five, four, three, and five shot attempts since joining Chicago. Um, so he's doing stuff, but he's not on the top power play. And that makes it really hard to pay, you know, any amount of money, but especially 3,400 uh, for that when there's far better options that just do uh, have that minutes for, have that role and are on similarly poor teams. And Edmonton's just been awesome defensively. I mean, there's, there's really been no lapse other than the goaltending and some of like the, you know, uh, I guess you would call it transition play that they've cleaned up uh, since the firing of Woodcroft. So there's really no path to me saying, yeah, like Chicago is going to be a, a good game stack environment. And then the way you said dry saddle Kane, I mean, that's speaking right to my heart. I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, McDavid Hyman are certainly going to be the highest known plays and rightly so. I mean, Hyman's been awesome. Um, I'm not playing Nugent Hopkins doesn't mean you shouldn't like he's just the sort of play that is incredibly thin but when he hits it's clearly powerful if he can get you 25 points at 5200 um, and he's you know power play five on five with the two guys you want to play so hey why not Evan Bouchard uh, 6600 it might be a game to just push your chips in and say yep this yeah. is going to be another, you know, 20 point game from Bouchard. I, I don't think he gets as high owned as his teammates and he's maybe even a bigger separator at his position. I mean, up top, we're saying Yossi, Quinn Hughes in relatively tough matchups. Um, and then Petrangelo, Bouchard and Morrissey. Bouchard's just, I mean, I think he's in a class of his own as far as his upside. So I think he can put this slate away. And so I do kind of like that idea of just saying, you know, who cares if I play at Edmonton, but make sure you play Bouchard with it um, because I don't think he'll be super high owned. Yeah, I think that covers it really well. I mean, I was sort of spreading right. around the answer of no one playing Chicago yeah. as well. And I think right. honestly, the be the best way of putting that was just what you said about Dryas Seidel. So well, we can move over to Florida and Seattle, a game that I won't spend a ton of time on other than to just say it's really cheap and that I understand like, Matt the truck is 6,500. I mean, just, just stop, just stop. It's done. Just, just stop it. Just okay. Stop Perfect. It. All right. It's over. It's fine. That, that's all I had to, yeah. I, I mean, I really don't have a lot to say about this game. Like I'm really just, I'm not, I don't think there's many scenarios where I play it. Um, yeah. Look, I, I get, I get Matthew Kachuk is going to project. Well, I, I get it. I, I just, I, Sam Bennett's just not good. Like people need to realize that, and that'll make it so much more clear as to why Matthew Kachuk is sixty five hundred. Sam Bennett is not good. Like, just play the first line. They're also yep. pretty cheap for their production, but really, I'm just not that interested in this game at all. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Seattle. Seattle has done nothing but squeeze the life out of games all season long. Um, mm -hmm. So top, you know, top line I'm, again, just because 
If, I don't think good we've call. said it for Hagee Barkoff Reinhardt last game, just yep. Hagee's up there with them. It's a very, very good, very highly correlated line. And I still think that people are still just going to see Matt the Chuck at 6,500 and jump. I would yep. have really only in this entire game play that first line. I, I don't know. Again, I said it. I don't know what Seattle was going to do because it was a bit of a clusterfuck last game. They lost three, nothing. So keep an eye on it. I, I don't know. Other than Ford, yeah, Bjorkstrand, and Tolvin, it could be probably anything. Yeah, I don't think this is the sort of slate where any team I'm comfortable just Xing out, but Seattle's probably the closest team to that. Um, Riker Evans is, you know, in the big show now. Uh, he's like a pretty good prospect. I, I would say at 2,900, he's like, okay. Um, you know, the problem is, is that his profile looks awfully similar to that of someone like uh, Justin Schultz. And like, we've seen Justin Schultz in this offense for to almost well, a year and a half now and he just isn't very fantasy relevant we've not seen Riker Evans you know impose himself upon any games at this point so despite the power play time you just can't really trust that he'll get a huge role and you can't really trust that this power play will be that functional and that it'll run through you know the defenseman especially a guy like Riker Evans so he's a good prospect I think he's in play at 2900 but he's yeah. far from someone that I'm like prioritizing even if Justin Schultz is out again um, which we don't know at yeah, this point I think he's a seemingly so far better floor player potentially than a guy like Valimaki at the same price, but at, at yes. what cost? Like, I feel like yeah. if yeah. at least Valimaki, I, I get that you might need savings on this slate. Is is my is my thought? Like, oh, yeah, you can lock yeah. into a block and, and the minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and he would correlate with like a Cartier on a power play potentially, but I, I don't know. I mean, still, I. I I feel like this is almost like the family guy sketch where they're like, I hate Barry Madelow, but like, we're starting to like talk ourselves into this. Let's just move on before we actually, no, I'm not, I'm playing Seattle tomorrow because that would be a mistake. So let's, let's, uh, we're we're mentioning players, but yeah, I'm I'm not playing them. So let's get over to Tampa and Vancouver. Um, This just honestly, to me, feels like a game that is going to get a bit overlooked because of the, the price point basically mimicking, especially that of um, Tampa of like uh, Edmonton and uh Kucherov is actually more expensive than McDavid you know what I'm saying so it's like oh, okay oh so Hyman point up oh, yep points are actually a little bit more expensive than Hyman is I think it could get again overlooked because of that reason but I man I, I kind of just don't really want to play this game all that much like it's not that interesting to me and I think even though there is a lot of ownership that's going to go to Edmonton I think it's much more warranted so do you have any thoughts on this Tampa side other than being like a pivot um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know, we're saying, oh, McDavid has changed the conversation around like, but like Nikita Kucherov just is the conversation like of who is the best player in the NHL right now. It's, it's Nikita Kucherov. I mean, we said McDavid is 23 points over his last 10. Like Nikita Kucherov has done that all year long. He's at 19 in his last 10. He's over 10 shot attempts per game over the last 10. Like think about that. Yep. That is insane prime era OV type stuff. Um, we're saying he's going to be without Steven Stamkos. Oh no. Like, okay. Well, and we don't even know that. Um, he's going to, you know, no, slot in, uh, Sergeyev if Hadman misses, like we're getting further and further concentration too, as a result of these, uh, like injuries and whatnot. So like Brandon Hagel will just step in. Like, I mean, Kucherov can make anybody a producer. So 9,400 should provide pretty low ownership. And again, Kucherov is basically Connor McDavid, but with a higher shot floor, um 
and less expensive stacking mates. So yeah, I'm pretty interested. I I don't really think you can make an argument against Kucherov. You can probably make better arguments against the other guys on Tampa. Um, but because of the injuries, I do think that there's a lot more, uh, you know, concentration. There's a lot more like certainty that these are the guys who are going to hit if Kucherov hits, which is all you can ask for in uh, tournaments like this. So uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Okay. Any, anyone on Vancouver stand out to you though? Not really. I mean, I, I mean, it's, I feel like you just have to kind of go through Besser still at this point because of the pricing not being incredibly prohibited. But mm-hmm. I just feel like there's better ways to spend that money on this slate. Like, I I mean, really, like, the points have been there. But other than that, it's the, the shot volume hasn't been fantastic in the past five games or so. And I think you want to use that salary wisely elsewhere. Um, and there's really nothing on this Vancouver team that gets me overly excited. I, I don't want to say that they've fallen completely on their face or anything. I think that'd be a little bit disingenuous. Mm-hmm. But yeah. other than that Carolina game, they haven't really been fantastic. And that Carolina game, as you kind of mentioned, was a bit lucky. That goaltending just completely pooped the bed in Carolina. Um, Pedersen feels pretty unstackable with Lafferty and Mikheyev, although they smashed yep. against Carolina. Hog, Hog, Hoglander was up with Miller and Besser still, as we kind of projected would be the case for minutes really haven't been there. So Pedersen, Miller, Besser, Quinn Hughes, Heronic are still the guys. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not finding anything that makes me feel really good about how to stack that. And I, I don't really think any of these guys are all that one offable at all. So I, I'm just going to move on. Yep. Uh, I, I pretty much agree there. Like any, any, any place in this game, there's probably a better tamper option. If you really just want to bet on the game, um yeah so yeah i will just reiterate if headman misses sergachev 4600 is a great play yeah um you know that's uh yeah uh, not really much else to say there just the blocks the point upside it's all there for him so that price tag is very very cheap um given the certainty if headman were to miss all right calgary at vegas um you know, Vegas will continue to uh, frustrate us all. Somehow they've scored six goals, six goals, and five goals in their last three games, and they've still managed to leave me wanting more. Um, which is not to say they again they've not been bad, but like you know, th- their prices are increasing to the point where like you do have to expect a lot out of them, and I'm not sure that Calgary is the team that you should expect a lot against. So, um, any interest in continuing to go back to the Alex Petrangelo? Well, I, I don't think you've quite been following me, but I, I kid you not, I've been playing Alex Petrangelo on every single slate since Shea Theodore has gone out and he's done next to nothing. Um, so like, how do you feel about Vegas in the spot? I mean, I think it's Vegas over the back-to-back flames. Um, I, I, I just don't think there's any way I'm going to figure that out, put it together and feel good about it. And this game's got to be one of the worst you know, I just feel like a 10 game slate, especially if you're trying to win all the money, which is how you should be playing. This game just feels I, like I would like to win all the to money. Say, it's just too, it's just too expensive to act for me to, to consider. And, and I, but I do think if you're playing it, like Petrangelo is the guy. Um, we, I think every time we've talked about him, it's like this guy has double bonus upside on DraftKings scoring mm-hmm. system. Every single time he steps on the ice and just, it just continues to not happen. But when it does, will Matt ever be celebrating? Yeah. It, it happened, I think, once, twice on the year so far, where he's at the double bonus. And it could very easily happen again. 
I think I'm kind of exiting out the, the just complete exit through this game myself. Um, but Pietrangelo is incredibly good, and I don't think he's overpriced. But if it's coming at the cost of Bouchard, he probably is. Okay. Um, so one sense? other thing, one yeah, one other thing I'll say um, is that we did see a little bit of a flip in power play usage. I'm I think this is because Carlson was maybe penalized or misconduct or something um, during a power play. So it's not set in stone to continue. But uh, Chandra Stevenson was on the ice for the. Uh, for the power play and I think he even did he score the power play goal uh no uh against San Jose um you know so Stevenson was power play one for the goal they scored um see if that sticks um there's no guarantee it does but if it does he's playing with March or so at five on five we presume and uh he's on a three game point streak miraculously so you know at 3400 center uh a team that were probably uh, fine stacking, you know, especially with guys like Marcia. So um, that are probably a little too cheap for their current roles, um, at least a name to consider, but I'm looking for more certainty that like, it's just not going to be Carlson again, because the value on Carlson's just not there. Um, you know, if he's power to play one. So um, that's all I got. Nothing on Calgary. I'm just, I need to see it for a while. I think before I play Zari or Coronado or even Nazem Kadri at this point, um, it's just, it's just kind of gross and yeah, not really that interesting to me. All right, then let's get to the final game of the slate. One that I Perfect. also think will garner a lot of in- interest Winnipeg at the San Jose Sharks. I feel like we've almost reversed roles a bit on Winnipeg where I started the year being like, I'm betting this team to win the Stanley cup. And you're like, you are a lunatic. And I was like, correct. Um, <laughs> I love this Winnipeg team. I've continued to love this Winnipeg team. Yet, I feel like I haven't played them in like five months just because of the pricing going kind of to the moon. Kyle Connor, I can't imagine plays, but also we just have no idea. He left last game after seven minutes, and I know what you're thinking. We had three shots on goal in seven minutes, DJ. What did you bet is over three and a half? Of course I did. Um, With him being out, there will be a power play one roll up for grabs. What would it take to convince you to play Nikolai Ehlers. Mm, you would probably have to... Would the coach uh, have to... Huh. A blood oath that he's going to I, take I think DraftKings would have... I think DraftKings would have to give me a you know a loss back. Like anything you lose, we'll just refund it. Because I, I, uh, okay. it just does not sound fun. So, so nothing about like, a, the Nick Ehlers experience is fun. So let me let me give you another, another guy here, okay? Now, this is a guy that I circled on the puckluck.com site for man that sounds like a good goal bet and i thought i bet it and i never did and of course he scored in mr gabriel velarde yeah, is gabriel velarde back he's so good just yeah just play okay. him like just so play good. the good easy remember um remember dfs is easy just play good players there you go gabe velarde good player 3600 too cheap the role probably improves so let's just do that so yeah, it did to me at least as of now. It kind of I mean, first off, Winnipeg had a monstrous amount of penalty power plays. I mean, in that Anaheim game, they had yeah. a lot of run. Ehlers mixed into the first unit. Pion kind of mixed into the first unit. Keep an eye out for it. But Velarde, Morrissey, Shifley, and Perfetti will all be there. I'm not certain that this Perfetti at 5K thing is worth the money. 
but this Velarde at 3600 thing is. Yep, that sounds sure. about right. Worth, and worth Perfetti, your time, energy, and resources. You can probably play Mark Shifley too. He'll need to carry his line. He'll be out in all situations. So, you know, even something like Shifley and Velarde is, is probably fine. I'm skipping Josh Morrissey, I think. Um, I, I, I'm just not a huge Josh Morrissey proponent. And again, there's Petrangelo, there's Bouchard, a couple hundred more. So, like, I'm just going to do that instead. Oh. Um, but yeah, well, just don't play healers and win money. How about San Jose? Okay. Anything there? Or should hey. we move the top stacks? Is there any interest in Neo Pionk? Mm, 3,300 as like a, a, a punt guy? Okay. Okay. That's no, easy. I, I, I want I to don't, make sure. Um, no, I mean, I don't think that power play usage is real. I, I'll just, I think no, it's the fact that that's they fine. were leading. They had so many. Um, that, like, I, I think that's more why he got so much run. I, I just, yeah, I think Morrissey's going to play all the minutes and nobody else is really going to project for many minutes at all. So I'll just skip the, you know, the fringe plays. Yep. So last game for San Jose and we did not get a practice on Monday, but LeBanc was up on the top line with Hurdle and Barabanov and on the top power play. That's the stuff mm-hmm. that you always hope to see. Uh, keep an eye on it because if I know anything, it's that guys like LeBanc and Ehlers, who are both in this game conveniently enough, live to hurt me. But if LeBanc at minimum salary is going to continue on that top line, and even if we get power by two, I mean, minimum salary for a guy that definitely has historically good rates and should see some good run is worth your time. Um, I don't know if there's anything else here I'm ultra interested in. Um, it's all pretty cheap, but most of these players are coming up a bit in price. So for me, it's probably just LeBanc that I'm mostly interested in here. Yeah, and I've been singing the praises of this uh winnipeg team defensively and then you go and check the numbers over the last 10 they're actually not looking that hot anymore so you know maybe that's enough incentive for me to go play kevin LeBanc. i don't know um but you know i'm looking at like their trend and it does seem like there's a little bit you know they were really good to start and then they've gotten worse and worse and then now they're just sort of actually not looking great so um yeah i mean if, if kevin LeBanc is confirmed to be on that top line he's a uh, great option 2500 you don't need me to tell you about kevin LeBanc anymore though um it's just very finicky it comes and goes so just you know just know that there's risk but that's why he's 2500 all right then top stack guaranteed goals let's get out all of right. here um um you can go first if you're ready sure i will take the uh i will take Tavares with mitch marner on toronto and uh, do a game stack with Artemi Panarin. I think there's enough value to make that work. You can further the game stack if you like. I think you can just use those three guys and move to a different stack. You know, a, a creative four-man stack to go with that. Um, I think could also uh, work. So, uh, yeah, Tavares, Marner, the core stack with Panarin as the bring back. And just bet on this game being a bit crazy. All right, I mean... I think, are we just saying Edmonton doesn't count? How are you stacking? Tell me. Edmonton. So I think, I I think if I could figure it out, I, I'm planning on trying at least to do McDavid, Dreisaitl, Bouchard, and then going from there and seeing if I can't fit one more in. Um, So I'll just go with McDavid, Dreisaitl, Bouchard. I think that won't be done very often and just hope that they absolutely blow them away and they get some power plays. And that's kind of how it happens. You're largely hoping um, that um that the Hyman doesn't do all the goals because he'll be owned with McDavid and Bouchard a good bit, I bet. 
Yeah, right, right, right. I, I, I think no matter what, I'm going to get different, and I'm going to go with either no McDavid okay. or McDavid, Dreisaitl, Bouchard, and I haven't committed to that yet. Okay. Um, I will take Florida one, uh, Barkov, Reinhardt, and Verhage. Um not not a huge game environment that I'm interested in, but if I see that Kachuk's going to be you know twenty percent owned or whatever that for uh, that sixty five hundred Kachuk will project as, then I'll probably try and leverage the field by just playing the actual good line on Florida, um, even if it's not like in my favorite environment. So yeah, give me give me Florida one yet again on this show. Yeah, I, I mean I I think I'm going to find a way to put the Winnipeg Jets into a mix through Velarde. And I know the easiest way to do that would just be to simply take Cole Perfetti, but the volume is really bad there. I almost feel like people are giving the Sharks a bit more credit than they deserve at this point because they've won a couple games. So I'm, I'm, I'm honestly thinking I'm going to do like an Ehlers, Velarde, Shifley type of situation um, and, and just hope that the power play gets there again. And, um, you know, they're just going to have to play their best players. But I could also just go with you know just as easily just perfetti fullardi and um like a morrissey or something but i also agree that morrissey's a little bit too expensive for me to really want to jump i just wonder like who is going to take over the kyle connor role a bit more like who's going to be shooting more who's gonna and, and i feel like mm-hmm. it just has to be ehlers and i'm going to bite yet again okay um okay Guaranteed. Congrats. Goals. Congrats on your loss. Yep. Uh give me Mo Siders. I, I love going back to the low. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, you do. Clearly. Oh. Uh I I will also mention last time we were three for four that we did this. Um with just Tyson Forster breaking my mm-hmm. freaking heart. Uh so you oh. were going with Cider. I that was the other one was uh Detroit, but I just I can't justify clicking on to break it at that price. Uh so cider. Um Yep, and uh, do you have your other in mind? Uh, no, do you have one? Or, so sorry, I have my other in mind. If you need the time, yeah, yeah, go, yeah, go, go, go. All right. Um, so I'm coming into this guessing that Stamkos will just be kept out. Maybe he plays, and it's less important. Um, let's see. Actually, I'm reading. Kevin is in goal. Is he legitimate? I think he is. In any case, um, if Stamkos were to miss for some reason, then uh, Brandon Hagel, I think, gets the power play job, and I think it's a premium role boost alongside Kucherov. Uh, 5,300, that makes a ton of sense. If Stamkos doesn't miss and Sergachev, you know, or Hedman misses, which we're expecting, um, Sergachev would also be a fine option, though then I would be saying two guaranteed goals from defensemen. That, that's kind of silly. Uh, so let's go Brandon Hagel, but just keep an eye on the Tampa Bay situation because I do think that they'll actually be somewhat low-owned, and Kucherov and his friends simply should not be low-owned on any slate. When with 100k up top, hey, let, let's get a little crazy, play Kucherov and friends, and win that bread. Okay, I am gonna go with. Boy, I'm debating between Malkin and Gensel, and I'm just thinking if 3,500 is enough to find anyone or if I just go with Malkin, because I feel like we've neglected to go back to Pittsburgh and that, that would be a disservice because that they have some really good options for guaranteed goals. Um, So yeah, I'll go. I just really want to find a player. You know what? Screw it. I don't even care. I just going to break all the rules here and take Gensel and Velarde. 
uh, okay, fine, whatever. Um, that's guy for my sack, and I'm I'm stealing a hundred. It's it's it's, well, it's time yeah, to go. That's got to be the that that's. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We started the show late. So, We're running even later. So let's just get out of here. Whatever. I don't know how you somehow managed to just never have a goal in mind ever. You never ever come prepared, and somehow you're the guy who bets it. It's like, where's the conviction? You know, honestly, you know, maybe that's why Forster didn't hit. I didn't care enough. I planned on taking a guy from Pittsburgh if you didn't take them in the stack, and I was trying to go back and forth between the two price points to see who I would take with that guy. <sighs> And I just decided I really wanted Gensel anyways, but I wasn't even looking at Velarde because he was just 100 too much and he was in my stack. But you know what? Is this about okay. some arbitrary rule we made up or is it about winning money? And if it's about winning money, then let's take the best guy and we're taking Velarde. Okay. You know what? He's going to be like plus 250 to score. You know what? Your pep talk has me psyched. Let, let's go get it. Let's go get that money. Um, I do like those two players individually. So uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at MorningSkatePod. Uh, join the Discord. That That's where we'll be discussing all the latest news. Um, and yeah, best of luck if you are so lucky to have an 888 ticket or if you're buying in. Um, looking forward to the contest. Hoping it fills. Uh, but DJ, any thoughts before we go? Uh, no, just... Uh... Like, rate, review, five stars, all that fun stuff. Um, THPN for up to what you what ten dollars, right? What was it again? If you put in five bucks, you get hundred fifty dollars in free bonus bets. If you somehow don't have a DraftKings account, which you know most of you probably do, but hey, uh, get your friends to sign up and maybe help support the show. All right, uh, yeah, and then yeah, we'll be back on Thursday for sure, and I'll I'll definitely do a stream. I think I'm gonna do a re stream again and actually like run through things um all right but sounds good that's, i'm at fake moves. doesn't matter don't worry about it we'll get back to dj's it. at dj and mitchell 94 that's where you see it so from doug from dj from myself thank you for listening have a good sleep everybody and we will see you